Hello and welcome to the Go Encourage podcast, where I talk to real people about real life, trying to gain some insight into their experiences building courage. In today's episode, I'm joined by Sunny Sidhu, who is a DJ, a music producer, uh, he's a husband, and he's also someone who works in the mental health space, helping people get back up on their feet and into employment. I think it's a really interesting thing to share with you guys that today is International Men's Day um, and so this wasn't planned, it's just a happy coincidence that we're going to be talking about men's mental health uh, and to see where Sonny goes with the conversation and what he wants to share today. So let's get started. So I'm in the studio today with Sunny Sidhu. Welcome to Go Encourage. Really pleased that you're with us today. Yeah, do you know what? Uh, we've been talking a lot about this. Um, trying to get a date in the diary. And I'm, do you know what? I'm pleased that we finally got that date. Yeah. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pleased to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. I'm, I'm excited. Let's see where we go. The first thing I want to ask you is what does your name mean? Um, to me and those that know me, you know, um, happy-go-lucky. Happy-go-lucky, Sunny. Um I'm just, I'm real sunshine. I looked up your name as well, and it means pleasant, easygoing, responsible nature. And then my favorite part was a winner. Yeah, I'm very competitive. Yeah, I've seen your very, competitive very side, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> it describes me well. Um, so tell us where you're from originally. Where were you born? What's your background, heritage? So born in the UK, mm-hmm. um, West London. West London. Um, Hanslow. Hounslow. Hounslow, yeah. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm a Hounslow boy. West, West, Hounslow West, shall I say. Hounslow West. Um, I grew up around there, around that neighborhood. Um, you know, my early childhoods was, you know, as soon as those street lights come on, you go inside. It's time to go home. Time to go home. Yeah. All, um, all the other neighbors, like, they're like, you need to go home now and tell your mum. Yeah. You know, um, up and down on the BMXs. Yeah. Playing not down ginger. I used to have a grifter back. I grew up in Southall, so down the road. Okay. And uh, the grifter. Do you remember the grifter bike? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. Do you remember the Diamondback bikes? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was the trick nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to. Um, yeah. You know what? It's funny. Life, life changed. Um, mm-hmm. So I grew up around Hansel West um, until I was about six, seven. And then uh, we moved to North London. Right. Uh, me and my mum. Mum and dad. Uh, my mum walked out on my dad um it was i wasn't i wasn't never raised as a 2.4 perfect family around me i've never had that um you know in the Punjabi community alcohol is a big thing right um so my dad was a big drinker okay um as much as i have great memories as a child you know i also have those memories that um sit with me that you know i remember the arguing mm-hmm. um the fighting at night and it was uh it was a mixed emotions mm. to see that as a young child. Sure. Um, How old did you say you were? I was about seven. About seven. Seven yeah. years old, yeah. Um, seeing the shouting, mm. um, you know, uh, the late nights, uh, my mum and dad downstairs arguing. Um, and uh, one Christmas day, you know, enough was enough for my mum. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having dinner. Argument broke out. And my mum was like, enough's enough. She went upstairs, packed a couple of bags. And then she took me and we walked out. Wow, Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. Um, And it was, it's funny because, you know, they say, oh, children don't pick up on anything young. Mm -hmm. 
it's the quite opposite. Mm. You know, there's, there's, there's memories that I have that still sit with me that I remember clearly, you know, yeah. walking up the street late at night, um, waiting for my mum's friend to come pick me up mm. and uh, going back to hers. Wow. It was, a, it was a challenging time, you know. Um, I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, it, it's, it's made me the man I am today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, at a young age, you you pick up on things that you will stay with you for life. Yeah, um, I, I totally believe that as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's how you respond to those things, isn't it, as you grow? Absolutely. You know, I had to grow up quick. Mm. Um, I had no option, you know. We stayed um, at my mom's friend, friend's house for a couple of days and then we moved over to a uh, woman's refuge. Oh, wow. Um, in North London. Right. Um, and then... I ended up finishing my high school years off in South Ryslip. Okay. Yeah. Um, from there, went to high school. Um, typical lad in high school. Mm. Um, my mum playing both roles. Mm. Um, the the late nights coming home. I remember, you know, my mum sitting there and uh, trying to be strict. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a tough time, you know. There's a, there's a lot of things I can that I'm willing to share because I think talking about them mm. in the Punjabi community as a man, yeah, it's uh, forbidden. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something that's encouraged, is it? No, no. Um, people think talking about them is it makes you weak. Mm. It's it's how the Punjabi community, yeah. unfortunately, is. Yeah. Um, I left school, got my GCSEs. Um, my mom was doing 14 hours a day, mm-hmm. trying to give me the best of both worlds. Um, I got my GCSEs. Um, I went to college. Uh, lasted two weeks. Lasted two weeks. What did you sign up for at college? Typical business studies. Business studies, right. Yeah. right. Working at my first job was working at Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Yeah. Um, making pizzas. And then uh, moving up to, you know. Was that quite fun as a youngster? It was. Do you know what? It it was. The free pizzas were good. Mm -hmm. Um, The seeing the, how, you know, you make the pizzas and, and, and and the the things, the attitude you get from people. Mm. It was interesting. Let's just say I'm not, it wasn't a pizza hut brand, but I worked for a pizza place. Okay. 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 Right. And, uh, yeah, let's just say I never, if I bought a pizza from there, I made sure I made it with my own hands. Right. I'll leave really? it at that. Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we'll come back to some of those themes because I think mm. they're really important. Mm. But moving forward from there, um, was there something at that young age that you had in your mind? Oh, look, I've finished college. This is the career path I want to take. Um, I wanted to be an architect. An architect? Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to design. I was great at design tech in, in high school. You know, I loved buildings. Mm-hmm. I, I believed that it brought out uh, your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big character at school, right. um, personality-wise. You know, I it was something that was a dream of mine. Um, it's something I thought, you know, I leave a legacy behind. Mm-hmm. You know, whether I'm here or not, if a building standing, they know yeah. the history behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I was, you know, due to life, what life threw at me, um, I didn't have the opportunity to do that. I had to go straight to work. Mm. Um, you know, I had to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to put a roof, help my mum put a roof over our head. Yeah, sure. Um, as a single divorced uh, parent from the Punjabi community, um, 
you know, a lot of people stepped back from my mum. Mm. Uh, families. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, no, you need to go back. This can't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on what my mum had said and what was happening at the time, it was like, no, 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 these things happen. Mm. I've seen it. These things happen. Yeah. It's part of marriage. Um, mum stuck to her guns. Mm. No, it's not. It's not right. It's not what I want my child to uh, be raised in. It sounded like she had standards. Yeah. She had boundaries, which is important. And um, it was just, she was, you know, left to her own devices. Uh, no family around us. I remember we were in um, temporary accommodation in South Rice Slip, so it wasn't something permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, two bedroom, masonette. And my mom was doing 14 hours a day wow. um, at the airport. Coming home, you know, she used to leave in the mornings. Um, and I never used to see her until late mm. evenings, just so she could put, you know, a roof over her head, um, things that I wanted, uh, made sure I never missed out on something. And as, as a young, as a young person, you know, you start looking at that and, and I was like, no, I need to help. Mm. I need to help. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I left school and then two weeks of college, the deal that my mom gave me was she picked my high school. Right. She goes, you, I'll pick your high school and then you come out with your GCSEs and then you, you can decide whether you want to go on. Mm-hmm. She picked the all boys school. Right. <laughs> um, she knew what she was doing. Yeah, so she picked the all boys school. You know, I came out with my GCSEs and I did give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing my mom struggle um, 14 hours a day, 15 hours a day, you know, continuously working, something switched in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I need, to, I need to go out and support. And that's um, when I got my first job um, in a pizza parlor. Yeah, uh, started to work weekends, uh, weekdays. Um, I started to get into the club scene, DJing, music. Okay. Um, How did you go from pizza to to music? So at a young age, um, a lot of my my dad's side of the family, um, my cousins, and that they were all in the the, the DJ scene and. Right. And and it's funny when I mentioned there's some memories that you have that you 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 thought you've forgotten, but they're still there. And I remember before my mum and dad split, um, my dad was a big fan of LPs, vinyls. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, they used to sit at home and he used to have his friends around playing all these different types of music, you know, your dub, your bhangra, mm-hmm. your 80s music. And um, my cousin at the time was a DJ. Mm-hmm. So I started to get influenced by music quite at an early age. Mm. And then it just carried me Yeah. since then. And, um, you know, some people would go to, you know, for a run mm. to sort your, your, your mind out. If you've got issues on you, I would listen to music. Yeah. You know, then I started to pick up on certain artists that I could relate to, mm. um, you know, hearing certain songs and knowing that I was in that background. Mm-hmm. Well, I was part of that, should I say? Um, and then from there, I just, I remember I was fifth, no, 14 um, and my mom goes to me, what do you want for your birthday? And I was like, turntables, I need some turntables. And my mom was very anti-DJ. She was right. like, no, okay. you're not going to be a DJ. And I was like, no, I promise you, it's just a hobby. It's not a full-time career. Nope, nope, nope. Um, you know, back then my mom knew the late nights because she had experienced it with with some of my cousins um and she was like nope 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 finally she gave in mm. um bought me my first pair of turntables at 14 and i was just in my room 
you know, constantly with all these vinyls going out and buying vinyls from HMV. Yeah, HMV. Um, you know, these singles and making a record collection and practicing and practicing, getting told off. Mm-hmm. Your music's too loud. What are you doing? Um, and then from there, it just went in, in into the circle that I was with in high school. Mm-hmm. There was a few promoters back then that picked up on me and I started to be great relationships with them. Probably looking for a father figure because right. they're a lot older than me. Right, right, right. And uh, gave the opportunity to play at clubs. Um, started to promote originally with them, you know, just selling tickets here and there, being a ticket agent. Um, and then becoming part of a promotion team. And then from there, I was given the opportunity to play in one of the clubs. Um, and uh, from there, just Do you went. remember it your first time? Were you nervous? Were you excited? <clears throat> what was going on in your head? Uh, my first ever club, I don't know if I should say this. Uh, my first ever club was uh, a club called Zenith. Zenith, oh yeah. In Park Royal. It, it was on a Friday night and uh, I was 16 doing a warm-up set um and you know zenith is massive it holds about five six seven hundred people mm. um and yeah i remember it it was uh it was something that got me hooked straight away mm, sure. and then i just fell in love with it from then and then it was just every friday nights so i was out every saturday nights so i was out mum you know she used to hear me coming home at like four five in the morning just as she's getting up to leave to go to work. Right. Um, so she's that, you know, what time do you call this? I told you this is not what I wanted for you. And as a single parent, you know, you are looked at very closely. Sure. Because in the Punjabi community, mm. if that child grows up on the wrong side of the tracks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the most go-to thing is, see, because his dad wasn't in his life. Mm. So for my mum, it was a big thing. Um, but I still held the job. Yeah, good. you know, I was working at the pizza place. Yeah, so um, you didn't you didn't just give that all up? No, just to like you know fulfill your own sort of happiness. No, I kept it as I a hobby. The responsibility. Yeah. I kept it as a hobby, um, and I promised my mum that it'll always be a hobby for me. Mm. It wasn't my day job. Mm. I was moving around from a lot of jobs, like you do. Um, from there, I went to a a, a company called Focus, which is like a DIY company. Oh yeah, I remember Focus. Yeah. Um, and then something clicked in me. It was like, right, you know what? I can't go through life job to job and not have a career. Mm. I was still doing music on the side, still DJing, um, but it wasn't enough for me. Mm. Um, I needed to bring more money home. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm not ashamed to admit, you know, there was times when my mum would wonder or worry Where's the next meal coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, um, sandwiches is a big thing I laugh back at now. Um, you know, as a young age, you know, sometimes all you'd have for dinner was sandwiches, mm. you know, and seeing my mom struggle, I had, I, it gave me the energy and the drive to do more. Mm. Part of me started to regret that I didn't go to university because I saw all my friends go to university um, and then leading up to a job. That was great, office-based, you know, the nine-to-five working in the city, um, parents being proud. And as much as my mum never, you know, whatever job I did, my mum was proud of me, of the man I was. Mm. Um, And then the first opportunity was given was a call centre. 
in Chiswick. Mm-hmm. I went in as a customer service agent. Mm-hmm. Not trying to stay within Indian stereotypes or anything, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. um, went in straight uh, as a call center customer service agent in Chiswick, it was. And um, started to feel got, got an atmosphere for an office. Mm-hmm. Um, worked my way up to call center manager. Um, and then from there, typical Indian, I moved from Chiswick straight to the airport. Right. <laughs> um, and my big break was uh, working at the airport. Okay. Um, I was young. I, you know, I was what, in my early, I was about 19, 20. Okay, yeah. yeah. I started off uh, for a car rental company mm-hmm. um, as a night agent. And at that age, cars was a thing for me. I loved mm-hmm. cars. Um, and then just, uh, I was doing shift work, four on, four off. My manager at the time saw something in me um, and then gave me an opportunity for a bit more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as, you know, higher up the chain, there was that like, he's still young. It's too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was then given an opportunity to become a night manager. Manager team of four. Um, and then it just spiraled from there because I, the, I got the urge to do better. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't need a degree. Yeah, I can do this. Um, and then from there, I went from a night manager to a day manager to then opening up car rental in Terminal 5. Mm-hmm. Youngest manager. Um, I was at the airport for 10 years. And then things started to, opportunities started to come mm-hmm. to me. You know, the phone was ringing, people phoning me up, saying, oh, we've seen your CV. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking for a new career? You know, we want to uh, see, we can offer you this. And then I went into, always stayed around the the car van industry. Right. I moved on from uh, rentals to leasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just continuously um, making sure I was bringing enough money home yeah. just to support. Um, my mum was very proud of me, mm-hmm. um, knowing that I'd just come from GCSEs. Mm-hmm. Um, not an A-level, not a you know, degree or anything, but from where I'd gone to, you know, I could see she was proud of me. Um, and then at an early age, my mom felt ill. Diabetes kicked in, you know, she's felt ill. And then one morning I woke up, mom's, you know, lying on the floor. And I've called an ambulance. They've uh, turned up. Mom's gone into a hospital. We're thinking it's just something minor. Um, and then say to my mom, if it'll be all right, it'll be all right. Don't worry, don't worry. And then they'd done all the tests that they had to do, kept her in overnight. And I remember the next morning going around, going to see her and she was like, um, oh, I think it's just an infection. I had a kidney infection. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Sonny? Um, this uh, woman keeps walking around like, are you okay? And she's from Macmillan. And I'm like, what? She's like, it's from Macmillan. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, she's just probably doing the rounds. Um, and then the doctor, the consultant come in, and I remember clearly that uh, we're sitting there, I'm sitting on the side, my mum was there. She goes, oh, have I got a kidney infection? Um, and they go, no, Miss Cole. Um, We have uh, found stage one cancer. Um, what burst in, in, in your, what you believed was your stomach, but it was in your ovary. Your ovary had actually burst. Um and we've done the tests and you've, it's come back a stage one cancer. 
I remember my mum's face. She looked at me. I looked at her, and I was like, "No, no, this, 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 this can't happen." Um, my mum was shot, but she kept a very brave face. Mm-hmm. She's like, "All oh, right, okay, no problems." Doctor went. Mum looked at me. She said, "Everything's going to be fine." Mm. Considering she's lying in bed in a hospital bed and I'm sitting at the side, but she still turned around and looked at me and goes, you know what, everything's going to be fine. Mm. Fine. Oh, you need to go to work. Wow. Um, and I remember coming out of the hospital, making a phone call uh, to my cousin, my mum's, um, my mum's nephew, saying to them like this what's happened. And once again, another taboo, you know, oh, is it cancer though? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Mm. And nothing. It was just me. Um, you know, my mum put a plan. They put a plan together for my mum. Done. Uh, done what they had to do, and then put her uh, on on chemo chemotherapy. Mm. And that was the moment when I made sure that whatever I do, my mum's not going back to work. Mm. I will do everything in my power I can do to make sure my mum lives a good life because she's done enough. It's mm. my turn now. How old were you when this happened? I was 22. Okay. So quite young, very young. Very young. Yeah. And um, from then, you know, picking my mum up uh, from chemotherapy, sitting with my mum when she had chemo. Uh, I'm on my own. There is no one. I'm still a boy. I'm still young. Mm. You know, I've got friends that at that time were going around late nights you know, partying, enjoying life. But me, I'm working mm-hmm. um, late nights, coming home, looking after my mom, helping her through um, chemo, um, making sure she survives. Mm. My mom was a fighter. Mm. Um, there was uh, there was nothing that was thrown at my mom that she couldn't deal with. She'd done her round of chemo. And I remember, you know, one of the side effects is you, you lose your hair. Mm-hmm. Which is a... A huge deal, especially for women, yeah, and especially from a woman from the Asian community as well. Yeah, you know? um, they. My mum made. I remember one morning, my mum woke up. Um, her hair was thinning. Um, she looked in the mirror and she was like, turns around. And she goes to me, "I'm not gonna let this chemo take my hair." I'm like, right, mum, shave my head for me. Mm-hmm. I will decide when I want to be bold. Mm-hmm. Once again, as a young, as a kid, you know, um, I was like, are you sure, mum? Like, you know, it's not going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. I'd done it, shaved my mum's, um, you know, cut all her hair off. Um, and then, you know, she looked in the mirror and she was like, I decide mm-hmm. when things go, when things don't. Mm-hmm. Don't let my, don't let the, universe or whatever you want to call it decide um, i just i'll let me pause there for a second because i just love the the courage that that takes for her to sit there and go i'm not gonna sit i'm not i'm just i'm not gonna let this control me and and i'm gonna be you know responding to whatever comes i'm actually gonna take things into my own hands and smile back and say right this is what i'm gonna yeah. do this is how i'm gonna do it which is which is a beautiful way to respond i think and that's how my mom was mm. you know um after that, she she finished her chemotherapy. Um, she she 
had one course of radiotherapy and then after that it was you know we, she was under observation uh, for five years and we knew one of the side effects was a um of the chemotherapy was that it attacks your kidney mm-hmm. um and we were like yeah we know that it's fine um and i made sure my mom never went back to work after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um i was at the airport continue to work look after my mom you know in roles had reversed now mm-hmm. it had gone from her giving me everything yeah it was me making sure my mom had everything and she mm. never had to work mm. just me and my mom once again no one else yeah no families around um so by, by the, like the asian community are really well known for you know food providing food coming alongside people things like that you didn't experience any of that once you got the news or not at all no mm. um you know uh i was considered as the black sheep of the family Mm-hmm. Um reason being is because I was seen in different cars. Right. Um I was seen out DJing. Mm-hmm. So the family had made already assumption of me that oh he's in different cars how is he affording that he must be doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um he's out late at night. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's not looking after his mom. Mm-hmm. My mom knew exactly where I was, what I was doing and what time. Yeah. The different cars was a perks working in a car rental yeah sure it was a company car mm. um and it's funny how asians can assume yeah yeah the wrong um so it was you know they knew my mom had it and they knew my mom was fighting cancer mm-hmm. um but it was she'd be fine mm. it's a taboo Mm. If you don't talk about it, it's not going to affect us. Mm. Um, so it was just me and my mum, and I probably had a handful of friends that were more family to me mm-hmm. than actual blood. Yeah. Um, one of them still with me today. Um, and you know the rest fizzle out. You can shout shout your friend out if you want. Uh, Cox, you know Cox has been my boy from day one, mm-hmm. um, and he's seen uh some of the struggles that i've gone through mm. um he's been there really at an, at an early age um and it was probably those kind of moments you know that he was that brother i never had yeah sure um and we'd done a lot of things together uh went out he came to my events with me um you know he's a chill with mum and it was like mum had had a second child which was him <laughs> and then you know it was just the circle that i had looking back on it now all i was trying to do was find a father figure mm. that's the truth yeah yeah no I can um, see that. and you know my mum she her, after her cancer her health went down quite a bit mm-hmm. um i remember the fifth year we went for a um, a final blood test um regarding the cancer and they'd come back and finally given her the all clear Mm. you know and seeing my mum go through that i was like wow a punjabi woman yeah on her own you know fighting the arguments mm. made a constitution on christmas day enough's enough mm. to pick me up take me mm. and then no family around her mm. but she's overcome this yeah and and just to like 
just to throw some stuff because it's easy to say in a sentence right this is your life right mm. um it's easy to turn a sentence but for her to even make that decision you know from hearing about what she was like she wouldn't be you know okay i'm just going to go she'd be thinking about you she'd be thinking about your future she'd be thinking about you without a dad she'd be thinking about you know what this would mean in the punjabi community what this would mean to her family and things like that which goes to show when people make these difficult decisions you know it's not on a whim just because i'll be happier no. it's because it's the best of a terrible situation you know and it's having the courage mm. to do that as a as a woman you know it still goes on yeah you know there, there's probably women out there that probably live in a tough home environment um but scared mm -hmm. to make a decision mm -hmm. what does life look like with just me and my children yeah um what are the family going to say and some probably have tested the waters mm. but the common knowledge or not the common knowledge sorry the common response back from family is these things happen go mm. back mm. you can't do that yeah one of my really best friends um also a punjabi community like us um she was in a relationship where she was getting beaten up by her husband um and so she went she went back to her family and they came you know the immediate family came alongside her thankfully but a few of the extended family were like yeah these things happen what, what are you complaining about this is what happens you know and it's like these things don't these things are not supposed to happen no uh, and people don't talk about it people don't bring it to light so it stays in the darkness you know yeah for the way i grew up and and the way i had to grow up quite quick you know it was it was installed in me i, I was part of that um and you know to you're never my thing right now is you're never too old and never too old to learn mm, yeah i agree um I sit here and we'll talk about the stigmas that are attached to men in the Punjabi community and women. You know, I was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up, I can't show emotion. Mm -hmm. I can't cry because that makes you weak. Yeah, You can't talk about it. You've got to be strong. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I grew up. Yeah. It was a constant thing of if something was going wrong. Um, I can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. If I was scared, can't talk about it. You can't be scared. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Yeah, being scared is for losers, right? Yeah, that was the kind. And, of and thing. that was the common thing. You, mm -hmm. you know, you're, and that's that's how I went out through life. I, uh, you know, you can't do this. And I used to have people in front of me, like you know, guys, or crying. What are we crying about? Mm -hmm. Man up. Yeah, that's yeah. the word that was always attached. Yeah. Man up. Man up. Yeah, yeah. Banda Exactly. You know like that. And I was that person. I, you know, I was Did like, you? yeah, I can't do that. Mm. Um, then mum, like I said, mum's health went downhill. She got the all clear, which is great. Mm. You know, my mum was a fighter. And then about six months after she got the all clear, uh, we found out that Sod's Law, um, the, the chemo had attacked her kidneys mm -hmm. um, and her kidney functions started to deteriorate. Right. Um, which would cause to be put on dialysis eventually. Right. So my mum's trying to, you know, once again, brush it off. I'm going to fight this. But now I'm at that age where I can look up things mm. and I'm sitting there thinking the only way this is going to be stopped or she can live a normal life is she had a transplant. Mm. Nothing's very simple. Mm. Um, you know, uh, the best thing is for, for it to come from a family member. Mm -hmm. Now, 
she fighted it, fighted it, and fighted it. You know, they put her on the medication. They, they, they made it to the last stages where they're like, right now, Miss Cole, you need to go on dialysis. Mm -hmm. Your kidney functions are too low. They have failed. We can't pump you with enough medicine now. And mm -hmm. she was like, right. So that was a change because from drinking what you want to mm -hmm. eating what you want, you're now restricted. Mm -hmm. So then she went on to dialysis. Right. Um, at that time, she had um, her younger brother had come back into her life. Okay. So my mama, um, and he was going. He was on um, dialysis himself. Oh right. So when she communicated um, and they reached out, you know, my mom was at that stage where she wasn't on dialysis, but it was going to end there. But she was seeing her brother on dialysis. Mm. So they got quite close. Yeah. And it's it was a bonding experience, right? A shared experience for them. It was a brother and sister thing, which I will never understand because sure. I'm I'm the only child. Um and it was then she started to fight for her brother. Mm. She was like, nah, you know, I'm gonna fight this. Nah, Billy, you have to go to dialysis because he was the opposite. He was like, nah, I ain't going to dialysis. Mm. I can't be bothered. And he was a bit of a wild child himself. Right. Um, but he done it. Okay. He continued, mum went with him. And I'm sitting here watching all of this thinking, she knows eventually she's going to be mm -hmm. on dialysis, mm -hmm. but she's sitting next to her brother yeah. watching it. Mum mm. then got put on dialysis um, and then B passed away. You know, her brother passed away. Young, younger brother? Her younger brother, wow. yeah. Um, and uh, he had a lot of medical um issues with himself you know and he passed away my concern now was my mum's gonna give up mm. um she continued to go dialysis she was the opposite um she was attending all her dialysis appointment three times a week she was watching what she'd eat watch what fluids she would take um and in my eyes i'm thinking now this is gonna kill my mum because mm. it killed my mama. Yeah, you've seen it. You were there, right? I, I've been there. Yeah. This is this, this is not going to end well. Mm. So I'm now worried. I'm thinking, right, what do I do? And how old are we talking now? You must, what, in 30? Five, was, six uh, years later? About 35, 36. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to get my age out. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, you know, it was later on in life. So a couple of know. weeks ago, yeah. yeah. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, and it was, it was hard to see my mum on dialysis, you know. Um, watching the pain that you that a dialysis patient goes through, mm -hmm. it was, it's not easy. Where I'm having a full glass of water, my mum's having half a cup of jaw. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to watch your fluid intakes. Once again, no one around me. Mm. Me to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and it was just a constant having to stay strong. Can't cry. Can't show emotion. Um, more like I had become my mom's carer. It was me. Mm -hmm. You know, no one was really around to support me. But I'm still driving. I'm still working. Mm -hmm. I'm still bringing that paycheck home. I'm still giving my mom a good life. In my eyes, I was thinking, when's enough is enough? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I, as a child, yep. got to witness all of this? Yeah, yeah. I lost my dad at tw in 2015. Mm -hmm. 
Were you in touch with him in no. in that time? So there wasn't a relationship with me and my okay. dad at all. Um, it was me and my mum. And as a as a as a father or a parent, should I say? I suppose it was more like okay, mum. You'd think my marriage hasn't worked out, mm-hmm. but I've got a child. I've got a son. Yeah. So I still need to be there for my child. Absolutely. It wasn't that. It was whatever my whatever my dad could do was aimed at my mum. Mm. You know, um, so it was, there wasn't a relationship. You know, my dad continued to do what he'd done. Um, and I remember one morning, 2015, October, uh, I woke up. Um, my mum's in the living room. I've gotten up, I looked at my phone and I've got a text message. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. Facebook message. Um, hi, Sonny. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, your dad passed away this morning. I didn't know my dad was ill. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what he was fighting. Didn't know, I didn't know anything. Come into the room. Um, told my mom. Mom's like, what? Um, I was like, this is the message I've got. I've shown him the message. So she's made a phone call now. So she's uh, phoned up my dad's older brother. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah. So I'm like, so my mom's like, did no one want to, and then I had a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did my dad want to see me? Mm. Why didn't you want to see me? Um, what I'd done so bad. But once again, you can't talk about these things mm. because if you start talking about them, you're weak. You're sh- yeah, you're showing weakness here. You're, you're showing sh- neediness. You're showing like, I want to attach to this person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd seen that. I'd seen my mum battle cancer, fight through that. I've seen my dad pass away. I had a lot of unanswered questions. Mm. I live with the regret now. Mm. I didn't saw my 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 mama pass away, who was quite close to me, yeah. um, on dialysis. But now my mum's on dialysis. Mm. So what does that look for me now? Yeah, sure. Um, I was then blessed, you know, um, my mum was going through her dialysis i didn't have no issues it wasn't one of those days where she'd wake up in the morning saying no, i'm not going dialysis she'd done it she drove herself she drove back herself um and then you know what a lockdown hit while my mom was on dialysis i was at work for eight and a half hours mm-hmm. yeah lockdown hit and then when lockdown hit i got to see what my mum would go through on a dialysis because mm. I'm at home. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching her struggle. Mm. I'm watching her blood pressure drop, her legs hurting. And that played a big, like it hit me quite hard thinking, wow, mm. not only is she going dialysis, but I'm, I'm. this is the bit that I don't get to see. Yeah, because it's out of mind, right? It's out of sight. Out of sight. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, right, you know, uh, and it started to hit me deeper and deeper, you know, but I would never change lockdown mm. because I got to spend time with my mum. Yeah. Probably a lot more than I did before. I then was blessed. I met my wife. Mm. You know, it was a conversation we started during lockdown. Right. Um, 
It was in an app or was it? Uh, she, she slid into my DMs. Oh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you know, she'll kill me for it. Um, you know, I reached out, you mm. know. Um, we started to communicate. Um, and, you know, with, with nothing, there was no uh, nothing attached to it. Right. It was just a simple conversation, you know. I was the one adventuring out during lockdown, you know, going to McDonald's when it first opened and sending her photos, whatever. And the, and the communication started like that, you know. Um, and then it grew, mm. it grew um, into something beautiful. Yeah, you know we we met during lockdown, lockdown here. We come out the other end, um, and we went out, um, started to date each other, and you know, it it was nice for me for someone to sit there and you know. So tell me about yourself. Mm. And you know, I, I, I'm an open book. I don't hide anything. Mm. You know, so I told her everything. This mum is, mum's ill, you know this. And she was like, wow. You've had to grow up quick. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Your mum sounds like a strong woman. You know, and I was like, yeah. And she had come from a background where she had to be strong. Right. She had to be strong. So she could see it in you yeah. because she's already experienced and stuff. it kind of changed me as an individual because I thought, you know what? Good things can happen to me. Mm. You know, um, I can have a woman that I want that, you know, you know, I'm blessed. Uh, and then it came to the point where, you know, as time got on, she met my mum. Right. Uh, my mum, you know, at the start, my mum was my mum. She was... Uh, who is this person? Who is this person? <laughs> you know, uh, Who's this other woman in your life? <laughs> yeah. uh, but they got on like a house on fire, oh, you know, point. and it was, it was nice to see. Mm. Um, you know, I, I knew she was the one for me. We got married. Mm -hmm. I got married last year, September. Yeah, yeah congrats. Thank you. Um, you know, I've just, got, we've just got married thinking right now my life's going to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've met the woman I want. Yeah. Um, I've got two beautiful children. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, yeah, wicked. Mm -hmm. And then February this year, I lost my mum. So it was, it was challenging times. You know, we're still newly married. Sure. Still trying to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. um, I lost my mum 25th of February. Woke up one morning, um, so, you know, my mum was a very stubborn woman. My wife, she was very, I'm not going to marry your son till you move in with me. <laughs> yeah, I want you to live with me. Wow. I kept saying to my wife, look, uh, she's stubborn, she's an independent woman. She ain't gonna do it. So she's, her and my mum battling back and forward in a good way, you know. Um, and then it got to the point, you know, finally she agreed and she was like, yeah, okay. I think I need to. Mm. And then, you know, my wife started to work on, you know, make, we were making plans and come February, I used to, so when my mum was staying at her, her place, I was only down the road and her dialysis days, I used to stay at hers <laughs> and um, take her to dialysis because she was now at the point where she couldn't drive. Right. Yeah. Um. And it was hard to try and tell a, a, such an independent woman. Mm. Now you can't drive, man. You mm. when you come out of dialysis, you're like 
it's like you had a heavy night. <laughs> and that's the best way I can describe it. Mm. So then she agreed, you know, okay, you would take me. Um, so I used to take her. And I remember the 24th of February was a Friday. 25th. So the Saturday was a dialysis day the night before. I've never been a spiritual person. Okay. I never believed in that. The night before, my mum's eating habits were very unusual. She was never hungry. She would never eat. Mm -hmm. And the night before, we went out. I got some food in, and she's laughing. She's joking with me. Uh, we had a great, you know, we munched. She had a good meal. We're watching TV. And then she's going to, then we were going, she was just getting ready to go to bed because she had to get up the next morning for dialysis. But before she went to bed, she goes to me, um, I need you to do me a favor. And I was like, what's that, mom? Just stay calm. Very out of character. Hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? Just stay calm. Whatever happens in life, just stay calm. Well, all right. Anyway, go to bed, mom. She's going to bed. I went to bed, spoke to my wife on the phone, got to see, woke up the next morning. She, she normally would be up at like six, wake me up, seven o'clock. And we had a dog. I've woken up thinking, oh, I've been late. She's jumped in the car. She's gone. Mm. So I'm shouting for my mom, didn't hear anything back. Got out of bed in a frenzy. I can hear the dog crying just screaming and I'm like and as I got into my mum's room he's on the bed next to my mum just yowling I looked at my mum and felt like she was cold and I ain't gonna lie to you it was it was like the ground had ripped me up I remember phoning my wife in hysterics um, she's rushed, you know, I'm trying to wake my mom. And then I phone her for an ambulance like you do, and I'm like, the ambulance has turned up. And I'm begging and pleading her, like, you know, mm. nah, do you know what, she passed away in her sleep. But if any, 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 if it helps, you know, she didn't go through any pain and... I'm now sitting there looking, thinking, what the hell? Yeah. This is a bad dream. Mm. Bad dream. And I'm like, nah, this can't happen. You know, I remember everything starts flashing back. My mom fighted this, she fighted that. You, yeah. Did I do anything wrong the night before? Did she have this medicine? You start questioning everything. Questioning right? yeah. everything. Yeah. And I'm like, in my head, it's it's the walls are starting to cave in on me. All of a sudden, everyone's turning up. You know, my friends, um, my wife's friends, you know, and it's like the, the the walls are caving in, the caving in, the caving in, and I had to get out. Mm. I remember jumping in a car, and I've just gone. I've just, just driven. Just you. Just me. Yeah. Um, I've gone, I've parked up. I'm sitting there thinking, what have I done wrong? What's happened? And it was that pain, like, 
I thought I'd experienced everything in life that God had thrown at me. Mm-hmm. But I'd come fighting at the other end. This was a different type of pain that I felt it like I'd been wounded. Mm. Um, and I still feel it. Coming back to the house, um, they've taken my mum. My wife's there, you know, her best friend, she's there. My mates have turned up. Um, and now it's, okay, I'm just cold. I don't know what to say, what to expect. Um, my wife, bless her, she's newly married. You know, now it's like, what am I going to do? Mm. Because she had known anyone that knew me. My mum was a big part of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sitting there thinking, this can't be happening. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wake up thinking it's all a dream. People are turning up, you know, trying to get my mum. Where's my mum gone? Mm-hmm. Where she, you know, life never sets you up. Mm-mm. For this kind, no matter what age you are, you cannot prepare for it. Mm. And the things that go along with it, you know, she had got attached to two beautiful children I got. Mm. She put up a relationship. Now I got to explain to them. Mm. You know, they didn't, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sitting there once again, quiet, can't show emotion. Um, it's going to make me weak. I've got people that depend on me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, do you know what? This is a bad dream. We're going to wake up for it. My wife took over everything. Um, she's now, you know, doing the things that I should be doing. Um, making the phone calls. Uh, you know, my my mother-in-law and father-in-law are in India. Right. Um, they had just got there, so they had to turn back around and come back. and obviously for her now she needs someone there Mm. and I'm sitting there like for me you couldn't get two sentences out of me Mm. I was just so stone cold Mm. Uh, and Sonny I just want to say for anyone listening that that's this year we're recording this in November yeah and this is this February this February and I'm still dealing with it I'm still dealing with it you know Um, it was my my wife she's making a phone call uh, you know my mother-in-law father-in-law turned around came back straight away and they were shocked they're like hold on for a minute we had just seen Christmas with her mm-hmm. we had just been together before they went um, my mum was on a high mm. she was on a high and what the hell then my wife you know she's remembering her own conversations yeah with yeah, my mum got on so well as yeah well, so She's then started to question it. She's like, hold on for a minute. On Thursday, she had said to my wife, you got his galgi, innit? Mm. She's like, yeah, mum. No, 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 don't ask for it. When I'm not here, then asking mm. where, where it is, because mm. I'm not going to be here. She's like, yeah, relax, I got it. Mm. But my mum was very adamant that she wanted to make sure she had got it. Mm. And so she's questioning her own things. We're newly married, you know. Um, we're we're still in that honeymoon period. We still are in that honeymoon period. Mm. 
and it's this has happened now you know and I'm trying to process what's happening in front of me my wife's now trying to process I've just got married I met my mother-in-law she's not there my son like her son now is left to me mm -hmm. my mother-in-law my father-in-law they're battling their own They've le she's left him, you know him to us yeah but all in all I'm trying to process everything yeah of course and you've gone we we, we made the calls we had to move mum and uh, we moved her to the mortuary and then we had to go to the, and I remember walking in to uh, a funeral director's place and um we sit in there and it's like you're going shopping. Mm. You know, I was good for nothing. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't. Mm. My wife, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my children, mm. they drove it. Yeah, sure. And I'm sitting there and they're like, what coffin do you want? And you look at all of these things and you're like, this ain't real, man. Yeah. Like, what's going on? But it's things that have to be done. Mm. She's gone into autopilot. We need to do this. We need to do that. Me, I'm sitting there like, mm, yeah, it's a bad dream. Mm. I'm going to wake up. Because once again, you are installed in yourself. And when I say I'm part of this, I can't cry. I can't talk. I can't show emotion because it makes me weak. Mm. And... I'm trying to battle that, but not realizing what I'm doing is I'm hurting those close to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're jeopardizing relationships. Mm -hmm. you, build, I, you build a fortress around yourself, yeah. right? To protect yourself. But the the irony is that you're not letting things in and you're not letting things out. And so where so you, you can't process, you know? So where you're thinking you're dealing with it. You're not, you're mm. harming things. Mm. Um, and that's only recently come to light, mm. you know. Um, we went through the whole, the whole process, you know. All of, all, I've got married in September, you know. Our wedding was, that was the best day of my life. <laughs> we had close family, friends. Um, I had no one from my side, you know, um, didn't want them. My mum didn't want them. On my wedding day, my mum's, have a shot of tequila, have this, forcing, you know, she was on a hire. We couldn't, mm. we couldn't process what, what was going on. Yeah. Super proud as well, you know, because yeah. you've been her everything like for all these years. She, now you're getting married, which is in the Asian community as well. It's a massive achievement, yeah. isn't it? It's a tick box for any parent to say, I've I've fulfilled my purpose, you know. Yeah, and it was, you know, who was just seeing her happy. Uh, considering this is a woman that's battled cancer, <laughs> she's on dialysis, but she's walking around so high. Mm -hmm. I'm processing that, my wife's processing that. In the meantime, we're trying to plan a funeral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How... You know, how does that work? Mm. 
we had the we we planned a funeral you know like i said um my wife was on autopilot she had to take over mm -hmm. she done everything um i'm sitting here trying to process this and even still now thinking it's a bad dream mm -hmm. um i'm gonna wake up this is a bad dream i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna wake up then it starts settling in when you get that date yeah and you're like right it's gonna be a hard day um i've got i've got everyone looking at us um what does it look like you know um and then it sets me back to my dad's funeral mm -hmm. um and i'm like okay you go and see you know the certain traditions you gotta do uh, my wife done them mm -hmm. um family all of a sudden want to make a phone call mm, the ones that have disappeared yeah. for decades yeah um i was uh i didn't want to make no phone calls when my mom passed away but i remember my wife standing next to me and she's like no mm. you have to make these phone calls i don't want no bad words said about my mum, she didn't do this, she didn't look at what child she's raised. You got to make these phone calls. And it was a very overwhelming experience. I had a lot of anger in me and I still have a lot of anger in me. Understandably, um, yeah. But my wife's sitting there grounding me, mm -hmm. you know. She's sitting there like, what are you going to get out of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... I'm still sitting there with my mind thinking, do you know what? I'm going to wake up. My mom's going to walk through that door and she's going to say, got you. Because mm. that's the kind of character my mom was. Yeah. Um, then you get that date and you're like, okay. And, you know, I've got to, I've got to explain to two children mm -hmm. what's going on. And, you know, they are young age and trying to explain to them as teenagers, you know, oh, by the way, you, you're never going to see Granny B again. And they've obviously gone through some of their own stuff. Yeah. You know, before you guys got married yeah. and things like that, that, you know, and you're trying to, you know, balance in terms of giving them bad news. You know? Exactly. And, and, you know, my my daughter, my older daughter, she took it bad. She had her own connection with my mum. Mm -hmm. um, my son, he had his own connection with my mum. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for them, it's, what have they done? Mm -hmm. What's my wife done? Mm -hmm. What's my mother-in-law, what's my father-in-law done? Mm -hmm. To come into my life and then experience this. Mm -hmm. And explaining to them, it was hard. But you know what? They they set the way you know the way they were on the funeral day um strong for kids mm. i'm a nervous wreck i'm 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 done mm. you know mm. my wife standing next to me you know she's she's done um but she can't stop mm. um one of us got a function and unfortunately she's sitting there she's been functioning mm. i've come you know we've come out of that and now i'm in the process of 
dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. But I'm not accepting it. Mm-hmm. I'll openly say it. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking I'm dealing with it, I'm not because what you're doing is yeah. you're pushing your loved ones away from you. You're hurting them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a strong believer in, um, well, I didn't, shall I say, about talking um, and mm. or seeing or getting help. It's been what? February, February, I lost my mom. It's November now. And it's f- throughout that, I've had to celebrate my mom's 60th birthday in March. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day. My 40th in September mm. and my one year anniversary. And then Diwali. Mm. So it's been a constant yeah, reminder, right. reminder, reminder. And it's, I think I'm dealing with it. Or I believed I was dealing with it. You know, turning up every day, waking up, coming mm. home. But then, the only person that can get through to me or speak to me is my wife. And that's the truth. Yeah. I will say, listening to, you know, what your mum's character is like and what your wife's character is like, um, just got so much respect for both. Uh, you mentioned your wife just now, and it sounds like she's come into your life at exactly the right time and been what you've needed, you know? So that's uh, that's a beautiful thing in terms of, I don't want to like project what I might believe uh, into your life, but you know, when people come into your life for whatever reason, wife, friend, etc., um, when they're able to walk down that journey with you and see you bleed and say, I'm going to stand with you and I'm going to support you and I'm going to walk this road with you is a beautiful thing. It's an incredible thing to have, you know, to to, to see that as a blessing. It is, um, you know, uh, my mum, she kept me grounded, kept me on the right track. That responsibility falls with my mu- uh, with my wife. Um, as much as... You know, probably thinking I'm dealing with it, you know, she grounds me, but I don't show it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is when it comes down to, you don't realize the people around you that you're hurting because you're thinking you're dealing with it, but you're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big talker. I'm not mm-hmm. a believer. Mm-hmm. This here is something new for me. Mate, how much courage have you got to be on this today? Honestly, you you got to acknowledge that. Like, I'm blown away, honestly. It's something that needs to be talked about. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I don't think we talk about it enough in mm. our community. Mm. It's okay. Mm. You know, it's okay to talk. You get certain characters on social medias um, that are, will talk about it in other communities. Mm-hmm. And they will sit there and they'll say to you, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But in the Punjabi community, no one talks about it. Mm. Um, as much as everyone knows me, I'm sitting here and I'm going through it. Yes, I have been that person that never talked about it. Mm-hmm. I thought I was dealing with it. I'm not. Mm. You know, you need to start opening up a bit. Yeah. You, you hurt the relationships around you. and But it takes strong person Mm -hmm. to stand beside you Mm -hmm. and make you realize you know Mm -hmm. sometimes people don't realize like Mm -hmm. yeah whatever carry on through Mm -hmm. life um i know one of your 
one of the things you're going to ask me is what what does courage mean to me yeah that was yeah. my next question actually yeah um courage is to me seeing two kids turn up on a funeral mm. if they can do that at a young age Mm. you that's courage for me mm. that's courage for me mm. um my wife what she does every day you know as much as you know i'll, I'll come home you know I'll, I'll she could see me hurting mm. but i'm trying to mm. i'm trying to put a face on and i'll sit there openly now and i'll say do you know what i i'm in the process of you know going to talk to someone about it mm -hmm. um, that's good it having it um buried up inside you thinking you're helping it's not mm -hmm. the only thing you're doing is just pushing everyone else away and mm -hmm. that's not fair mm -hmm. it's not fair on people uh my wife's a big part of my life um yeah. she is the driver for me um and the conversations me and my wife have you know she's very brutal in a good way mm -hmm. holds you to account in terms of your feelings yeah. yeah very very brutal there's things there's people out there that you call your friends or are your friends shall i say your family that are scared mm. to say mm. open things mm. my wife's not one of them mm. she will say to me if i'm messing up yeah um and now i'm like do you know what if you have gone through life i'm 40 got married last september at 39 mm. i waited 39 years for the right woman to come in my life mm. i've got married to her and now she's driving me because behind any man you need a good woman yeah yeah she's making me see you're not dealing with this mm. and it's okay to talk mm. um and i can't think I can't thank her enough. I can't thank my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. I can't even thank my kids enough to drive me, you know, where I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm dealing with this. I'm turning up. I'm coming home. I'm smiling. She sees through all of that. Mm. Your loved ones yeah. will see through all of that yeah. if they spend enough, if they genuinely into you, mm. they will see through it. Yeah. And all you're doing is hurting. Yeah. So you need, in the, Punjabi community I am not weak mm -hmm. because you see me cry mm -hmm. I am not weak because I talk about things mm. and it's taken me 39 years of my life to sit in front of a camera mm. and openly say it's okay to talk mm. you know and if I can add 39 not very easy years Nah, nah. Do you know what they've? They, yeah, they. If so, someone had said to me, "Would you change it?" Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, mm. because it's made me the man I am today. Absolutely. Um, I'm one of those ones. Like I said, I will. I'm always learning. Mm -hmm. Um, you're never afraid. You should never be afraid to say I'm scared. Mm. 
you know? Yeah. Because um, yeah. people think that courage is not being scared. They think, oh, mm-hmm. courage is about never being scared and being able to do like really hard stuff. But actually courage is the ability to choose to move forward even when you're scared. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I've never turned around and openly said I'm scared of anything. I've always thought I was fearless. Mm. I'm scared, you know. Mm. I, I said that to my wife this morning. Um, it's the first time you look at you, you. You can't go through life when you've had such a dramatic experience thinking out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah. Um, You need to accept it and kind of move on with it. Mm. I have not accepted it, Mm. but I need to move on with it because Mm. I'm not going to sit here and continue to hurt the loved ones around me who are doing their own grieving. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that's the driving force now for you to know that and say, okay, I need, I know I'm not accepting it, but I need to take the next step. I, yeah, I need, I, you, you, yeah. you got to, you know. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and, like I said, I waited 39 years. Um, and the one woman that's grounded me is in my life. You know, you, you're not willing to, you're willing to change everything for that. Mm. You want to, you want to accept it, you know. You want to move forward, you know. You want to have good memories mm. um you want to build and we're in our honeymoon period mm. you know um it's been one year since i've been married like we've been married a lot's happened in that one year yeah. you know um and it's it's things like that like, that drives you got you got to keep moving and talking mm. about and it's important to also say that moving forward doesn't mean you forget it doesn't mean that you you know say okay that was that then and now my life is like this it's it's carrying those parts of you with you and saying this is how i feel this is what my mum meant to me this is what this moment meant to me this is what this memory was but just because i'm moving forward doesn't mean i have to let go of all of those things it's about carrying those things with you because they're a part of who you are like you said yeah and that's you're right that's the biggest thing but in my head mm. talking about it or um seeing someone or you know whatever sessions you're having in my head it was i'm trying to erase Mm. my mom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and when you're in that kind of mind frame you won't talk because you're trying in you thinking yourself you're keeping it alive yeah yeah, yeah. but you're not all you're doing is just hurting yourself and you're hurting your loved ones around you yeah um and yeah when you see help and you get help and, and you you don't forget you learn Mm. to deal with it mm-hmm. and cope with it mm. and carry those memories with you yeah. you know and i'm hoping you know that i will be at that point where i can look back and i'll be like you know what i've mm. i remember this time i remember that time and and i and you know you you will process it in a lot different way mm. and i'm just ready to talk mm. about my story about the stuff I've gone through, yeah. what I am going through. Because bottom line is you are not weak by talking. No. no it doesn't make you a weak person. It doesn't make you less of a man. Mm. I, I tell you what's weak, right, <laughs> is when you're giving it the large and saying, yeah, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm all of that stuff. We've all done it. I'm not judging. Like, I've done it plenty as well. Um, 
and you're not talking about the real issues you're not talking about what's going on in the inside you're not talking about you know the truth that's happening to you because when you when you speak the truth it sets you free and it actually sets other people free because then they start to say oh yeah i'm living in this false world where i believe i can't talk or you know my uncle my auntie and all this kind of stuff and something happened or whatever and i, I don't want to talk about it because i want to show that i'm all good so if everyone else is holding up these you know these these smoke screens pretending that life is good none of us really connect with each other because no. we don't know what's going on and like you said and I was guilty of that I am guilty of that mm-hmm. you know I've I'm very quick to put a mask on I'm yeah. good I'm cool mm. um and I probably helped I I was that guy that used to put my feelings aside or what I was going through to support and help others mm. but now it's time to it's time to work on myself yeah. you know um you can't go through life with a with a smoke screen up or a mask on mm. you know i've done it too long mm. i've done it to the point where you know i was i don't know i used to do it good mm. i used to do it really good you know no one would know what was hurting me inside mm. and then bang my wife comes along and she's like yeah, i can see straight for you yeah you're not getting away with it anymore yeah. i'm going to help I can you i see straight for you yeah yeah don't try and come with that persona mm that you're okay mm. um a lot of people will sit there and like, oh, sonny's like this sonny's like that ask my wife she's like he's a big teddy bear because <laughs> she knows me yeah 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 and if someone that's invested that time into you and you thinking you can um try and still put a, a, a something up and say you're okay all you're doing is hating that person mm. um and now it's the time for me to like you know what understand and mm. move on forward and how to deal with grief yeah absolutely and and what i love about what you're saying is you're not sitting here saying i've dealt with it this is how you do it here's my tips here's my 10 step strategy etc you're saying i haven't accepted it and i know i need to and i'm not sure what that looks like but yeah. i'm going to i'm going to go into the wilderness and figure it out you know and uh, that's the be- the best way i can describe it to you is talking about it mm-hmm. is a good start mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then moving forward and doing something about it is mm-hmm. is is baby steps yeah baby steps yeah um but if if i can say anything or give any sort of advice is if you think by staying quiet waking up every morning turning up coming home put a smile on your face you're dealing with it mm. from my experience right now you're hurting the closest around you and you mm. don't realize mm. Mm. because you're trying to process and thinking i'm turning up i'm doing great i'm doing great because i'm i'm doing great mm. ask me i'm doing great mm. but i'm not because mm. how am i doing great if i'm not accepted it yeah 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 you know um taking taking my mom's not here and then understanding or thinking oh, do you know I'm going to wake up one morning it's going to be all a bad dream mm-hmm. and my mom's going to walk in it's not healthy mm-hmm. it's not healthy mm-hmm. the more you talk about it uh, the better it is yeah, yeah um and i could sit here in front of you and i'll say i am that guy that's Yeah. That's doing what they doing, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it, but I'm saying enough's enough. Yeah. Yep. Talk about it. Mm. You know, um I can see your mother's spirit in you as well. You know, she said enough's enough back on that Christmas day. And here you are, many years later going, you know what? 
enough's enough in the Asian community. Men, you need to step up and you need to actually have some courage and talk it, and get have, things out there. Have the courage and talk. Mm. You know, have the, don't think it's going to make you weak. Mm. Um, I'm not a weak person. No, you know, it not. takes guts mm. to sit here and talk. You know, driving um, to the studio today, you know, I was anxious. What are people going to think? Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to think I'm weak? Mm. Mm. Listen, I'm just saying what I experienced. Mm. And if it helps one person yeah. that sits here, watches this and says, you know what, he's right. Mm. Then I've done something. Yeah, absolutely. If if there's someone listening today, young man, let's say, I mean, women, men, it's all good, right? But I'm just saying, based on what we're talking about, and funnily enough, it is International Men's Day today as well. So men's um, mental health awareness is today, which is a big thing. There's massive campaigns internationally going out. So I don't know if this is a beautiful coincidence that we're sitting here on this day when we were trying to figure out dates, mm. you know, the last six months. Um, but if someone is listening, you know, whatever age, and they can't figure out, like what it might not be the same scenario, it might be something completely different. What would you say to them especially Punjabi community, what would you say to them? What would be your advice to them if they're dealing with some really heavy stuff and they don't know what to do? The best advice I can give you is you've probably got that one person that's standing shoulder to shoulder with you. Talk to them. Mm. Mm. Talk to them. Yeah. Because look around you and realize there's someone standing next to you that you don't realize is holding you up and keeping you going mm. but if you don't talk you're just causing a reef between you and that person who mm. loves you mm. um and you're hurting them yeah yeah um talk you know and someone could sit here and watch and say oh but you didn't talk no i didn't but I'm talking now. You're talking now, yeah. I'm yeah. talking now and I'm telling you talking is okay. Mm. Um, speak to that person. Tell them how you're feeling. Yeah. Don't sit there and say, oh, I'm okay. Mm. And you're not. Yeah, that's good. Find that safe person. Yeah. And say, hey, I'm not okay. Hold me accountable. L let me do something with my life. Help me. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and the moment you say that, you know, um, it'll probably... It's a good starting. Mm, it's mm. a good starting to say, I need help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I need to talk. I need to process. What I've gone through is probably what's made me the person I am today. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing that, you know, my mom didn't do for me. Mm. She's done everything for me. Um, yeah, I got married late. But I waited. Mm. because I was waiting for the right person to come along that right person has come along sounds like you found a treasure um, and you know I, f I can't thank my wife enough she's my support um, she's my backbone at the moment mm -hmm. um, and you know my kids they they make sure they don't even probably realise but you know they give me that energy to turn up Mm. turn up you know um and give me the drive because mm. seeing what they went through at their age on my mom's funeral mm -hmm. if they can do it 
I got to do it because yeah. I've put them in that situation, but they've turned up. Mm. Mm. Um, and you know, I've, I will sit here and I'll openly say if anyone wanted to talk, talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. And it's taken me this long to realize. It's taking you this long. Sonny had a whole bunch of other questions to ask you, but I think we've we've covered so much, and I think it's been really uh, an incredible conversation. And I'm humbled that you have opened up so much to me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, but before you go, I would like to just touch on the lighter side a little bit, get to know the people who are listening, get to know some of your likes, dislikes, things like that. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. What's Sonny's favorite cuisine? What kind of what kind of food type that do you like? I'm a mixed grill man. You're a mixed grill man, so that's Indian food, right? Yep. It's Punjabi food, right? Yep. North India. Uh, are you an iPhone, Android kind of guy? It's not even a question it's to ask. Question. I'm an iPhone man. He's the man. See, Sonny, Sonny's got credibility. Um, you like your cars, you said earlier on. Yeah. Lambo, Ferrari. Lambo. Lambo, yes. And he has got credibility. <laughs> what's, uh, we've done food, but what's your go-to comfort food? So like, say you just wanted something there and then, what would what would you, what would be your usual go-to? Rice. Rice, interesting. Okay, I have actually seen you eat rice, yes. Um, preferred clothing choices, what do you normally rock up in? I'm a tracksuit hoodie kind of guy. Tracksuit hoodie, nice and comfortable, yeah. like it. Uh, favorite place? Um, home. 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 Home is my favorite place. Home is where the heart is. Um, yeah, home is it's my safe spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surrounded by love. Um, home is where I can just let be me. Cats, dogs. Uh, dog. Yeah. Oh, you had a dog, didn't you? Yeah, and rabbit now. And a rabbit. Oh, yeah. Okay. I used to have a rabbit as well. Mm. Someone stole my rabbit out of my back garden. How yeah. long is that? What did you do? Did you... After <laughs> <laughs> you had a rabbit and it was in the back garden? Well, we had a rabbit in a rabbit hutch. Okay. Someone came Come into out. our garden and, and stole the rabbit. How how sick is that? I was never a rabbit person. I thought you were going to admit to you. Oh, well, years ago, I stole a rabbit out of this guy's it, garden. It's the one that's sitting at home now. I'm joking. It's that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a dog and a rabbit person. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, last movie you watched? Um, last movie I watched was Harry Potter and I used to cuss it. Harry Potter? Yeah, I was never a Harry Potter man. I okay. let, let me just put it out there. I was the kind of guy that when people tried to talk to me about Harry Potter, I was like, please, what is this bequest that you are watching? <laughs> um, and recently, uh, me, me and my wife, we put one on and I'm wrong. Oh. I got so Did you incor- say you were wrong in front of your wife? Yes, courage. Was, that's courage. I right was there. wrong, and we've just finished all four, five, or whatever. Oh, they okay, wow. Yep. And now I want to go to Harry Potter World. Yeah. Now you want to go Harry Potter I World. Go Harry Potter well, World. I only saw one, and then I phased out. Um, but no, sounds like it's good. Uh, current? Are you watching a TV show at the moment? Anything in particular? Um, or reading a book? I'm an old school kind of guy, and I probably watched on repeat. Probably done my wife's head in. I done my mum's head in. Definitely. I will constantly watch Only Fools and Horses. Only Fools and Horses, great TV show. It's uh, my go-to. Brilliant. So this time, this time next year, Rodney. <laughs> yep, this time next year, you know, I'll be in a better place. There you go. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours, Sonny, and sometimes, you know, that's not always a good thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've given us something to think about. You've given a message for people, especially in the Asian community, yeah. to especially young men. I mean, you don't have to be young to to take on what you said. I think it applies to everyone. Yeah, of course, which is really important. 
Um, if uh, someone was listening today or watching online and they wanted to connect with you, would that be okay? Yeah. And if they did, where would they connect with you? Um, my probably best would be my Instagram. Instagram. Um, Cass, the host, mm-hmm. uh, C-A-S-D-A-H-O-S-T. Okay, great. I'll put um, links in the description as well to that. Um, and uh, your DJ, your DJ stuff, you still do that now, don't you? Um, I do, mm-hmm. uh, here and there. Okay. Um, uh, I'll probably once a month, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, I'm still about, you know, if you see my socials, you'll see some of the up and coming next ones I've got available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, reach out. Okay, so they can reach out for DJ yeah. stuff on the same Instagram as well. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to say goodbye, but there was a couple of things I wanted to say to you, actually. You've had a lot, you've had a long time talking to me. I wanted to say a few things to you. Um, firstly, thank you for being so vulnerable. I really, it takes a lot of courage and I really appreciate you coming onto my platform to talk mm-hmm. about your life. And, you know, it's, there's, there's no money exchanged here. There's nothing, you have no incentive to do this mm-hmm. other than it might help someone. So I really, really appreciate that. And I believe it will help someone. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, I've been going through a really tough time in my life and you've been an absolute source of support for me, um, especially over these last few months. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, when my head's been down, you've lifted up my chin on a number of occasions. Um, I've seen the way that you look after people. I've seen the way that you connect with people and you don't do it, uh, you know, always in a obvious way. There's, su- there's a subtlety to you, I think. And I think you've grown that skill uh, probably from your mum and some uh, other you know experiences that you had in life but just today there's a lot that you shared that I didn't even know about you um, and I didn't know you went through and it all starts to make sense of why you are I mean when I first met you I was like all right I don't want to mess with this guy he's going to knock me out right um, which I still believe you can right? <laughs> but um, I think you know there's such a softness to you and such a, a caring heart that's visible um and I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you so much for being that person in my life. And I've only known you, you know, six, seven months. Um, so, you know, I want to encourage you by saying there's people around you who would have seen that a lot more than me. Um, and that's just about you being you. So thank you for that. I really appreciate that. No, thank you for having me. All right. Okay. Well, um, if you listen to this and you have something that you'd like to share, please do. You can use comments, you can DM, you can contact Sonny directly on his Instagram. We'd love to hear how it has impacted you as well. And if you're going through stuff, you know, I just want to reiterate what Sonny said. Talk. Find a safe person and talk. And if you don't have a safe person, there are professional places you can go to, therapy and things like that, that will help you get started on that journey. Um, And whatever you're doing, go forward, keep moving forward and go encourage. See you on the next one. Hey, really hope you got a lot out of that episode. I know I did. Uh, I just want to commend Sonny for just being so open and vulnerable with what he's been through. Uh, Some of it's still raw, and yet he had the courage to step out. Brothers, it's really important, okay? I know, I know the thoughts that go on. I know that it feels weak, and it feels uncomfortable and it feels unnatural but actually finding that safe person to talk to can make a huge difference like you wouldn't believe Um, and my encouragement to you is to discern that part you know so really be careful who you talk to make sure they are a safe person and you feel that they can bring a level of support Um, and if you don't have anyone like that in your life then there are helplines that you can 
you can call and there is therapy that you can go down the route of and believe me it's worth the investment if you have to invest in that financially um, your mental health is important I don't want that to be lost or wasted um, so if you have listened to this episode and you know you're 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 not sure if you're going to make that step forward this is my last plea to you make take the step move forward because by doing that you're actually shining a light on the issue you're bringing it to the light and you're able to bring truth into your life as well by doing so you release other people to also do the same as well and we actually contribute to a healthier society so thank you for listening today i really do hope that it has stirred you to take a step forward and to go encourage. courage